All right, welcome back to another edition of Mormon Expression. I'm your host, John Larson, and we're here in beautiful, sunny. Are we? Are we? At, are we? Are we in Mesa or Gilbert or? We're in Lehigh, holy hell. We're in the Mormon side of Phoenix. Welcome. We're here for a, a live audience. Thank you. to the, You are the first. This is my tour of Mormondom this summer, and you guys are my first stop. So that's because I love you all so much. Now, um, these episodes are, are kind of, we're going to go off on some special stuff that we don't normally talk about. And the the episode for tonight, I titled "Burning Down the House," the um, the 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 ending of the the mythical Mormon Expression VIP Lounge. Um, Facebook um, changed everything, mostly for the worse. Um, in the early days of the internet, when when people first started finding one another, we're talking ten, fifteen years ago. The beautiful thing was everybody was anonymous. So the church has had this great structure for shutting down dialogue, right? Um, you, you can't really, it's really hard to be subversive in church and bring up subversive things. Then the internet came along and there's all these secret identities and these message boards emerged, right? And people started connecting and they started talking. And the great thing about these message boards was because they were uh, um, uh, 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 anonymous, is that the word? Because they were anonymous, um, people could sort of stretch their legs a little bit and pretend to be something they weren't. And they could get out there and, and sort of test the waters. And these um, bulletin board websites emerged about 15 years ago. And they had great moderation tools. So these moderators could watch the discussion. If somebody was going crazy or being nutty, they could lock that person out or they could give them warning. They'd give them a three-day suspension. If a thread was was going out of control, they could lock the thread. They could go and delete. It had, they, they developed a lot of great controls. Then Facebook came along and these boards, which are still out there, there's post-Mormon and New Order Mormon and, and the um, RFM, the infamous um, 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 ex-Mormon board, and they're still out there, but people, the discussion has migrated to Facebook. And the problem with Facebook is you're posting underneath your real name. Um, and this causes all sorts of problems that we didn't have to deal with before. Um, so about three years ago, people started agitating. I had, I had this, this space on Facebook for the podcast called the Mormon Expression Podcast Meeting. It was an open group because I said, what we need is people leading the way. Um, I, I've had the principle for a long time. Um, one of the reasons I've used my real name is that if people see that there's other people who actually leave the church, then they become an example. And, and it was a counter. Um, I was bouncing off the drum of all these fake identities that were out there. Um, and so I sort of wanted that, but there was this call for discussion. There's people wanted to connect with other people who listen to the podcast. They wanted to have discussion. And because Facebook required you to use your real name, they wanted the group to be closed. They wanted the group to be private. And I thought, oh, this is going to just cause problems. And I was ultimately right. But um, we closed the, 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 the place down and we needed to name it. So I named it after the back room in a stripper club, which is usually called the VIP lounge. So I'm told. So I'm told. So um, because this was the back room of the podcast, 
and we made it a, a closed group, so no one you could see who was in it, but you couldn't see the discussion, and the group started to grow. Now, I have some natural anarchist tendencies. Um, people have called me contrarian before, um, and we started out with one rule. So tonight, I want to walk through the rules and how we got to the rules and how we eventually then hit the self-destruct button. Um, the first, the preamble, and I, I have in front of me the rules, the last instance of the rules, which are dated um, June 2nd of 2013. And I think it was, it was the 14th when I just burned the motherfucker down. Um, so, so these are the last set of rules. And the, the introduction is the VIP lounge is a group of, group open to all like-minded individuals. To join your profile must be associated with a real person and you must ask to join yourself. Requests to add friends will be ignored. So one of the early problems we had is people would add other people into the group either because they thought it was a funny joke or they thought, oh, my brother Joe will like this. And then they would, they would be confused because it said Mormon VIP lounge and the discussion was not real Mormon friendly in there. Um, so the very first rule we put in place was – did anybody remember what the first rule was? Don't be a dick. That was the first rule. And to me, that was the only rule that you needed. Like, like we know how to operate with each other. We'll all be here tonight for several hours, and I'm pretty sure none of you will be dicks, and everybody will get along. And, and to me, it was, okay, you're, you have your Facebook profile. Just don't be a dick, right? It doesn't take anything more than that. Now, I, I myself have been known to bend this rule from time to time, I will admit, but um, I'm usually quick to acknowledge that I, I'm, I'm, being, I'm being a dick. Now, um, my lovely ex-wife, Zilpha, pointed out very early that actually calling somebody a dick was, in fact, being a dick. <laughs> so, so she modified the rule, and it was, it was and still is called the Zilpha rule today, which is um, don't call anyone a dick. You can only call their behavior dickish. So about two months in, we now had two rules. The first rule was don't be a dick. And the second rule was don't call anyone a dick. This blew people's minds for a long time. And, and I just loved the message. People would send me email on this. And they would say, you know your two rules are contradictory, right? Um, yes, I, I did in fact know that the two rules were contradictory. And we were trying to make a point at the time. We were trying to say... Look, human interactions are complicated and difficult, and it's not always easy to figure this stuff out, and we're talking about difficult things. The implication from my perspective on the two rules was that um, the things we're talking about are by their nature, by our approach, by the topic, they make you kind of a dick to talk about them. There, there's, there's no way around the fact that being an ex-Mormon or um, a liberal Mormon whatever, kind of makes you a dick. I mean, like, turncoats are always the bad guys, right? Nobody likes them. And there's something about the nature of our dialogue, which is extremely important, but it's kind of um, unsavory. And I, I like that we captured that right away, that, that that was the flavor of what was going on here. That was the flavor of the dialogue. And that was the flavor of the communities because people are coming out of the church and their first interaction, their first reaction is they're red hot mad because they just got taken to the bank for 30 years and somebody's going to pay. And it's the guy who's standing next to him at a party with a Corona light. Um, 
So that rule that rule stood for a while, and then people were criticizing. So rule three came in, which is crude language and words like dick should be avoided. <laughs> because, you know, just it's every boy needs to be told, you know, look, we know you're proud of your dick but not everybody wants to see it and the same thing is with is is with the you know the language and the crudeness and all that kind of stuff but once again i really enjoyed the 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 response i got to this of people again reminding me that now i had three rules that were contradictory because to me this was some sort of like uh i'm sticking it to the man who wants us to write rules because my rules don't follow their own rules god damn it but um but it it really annoyed some people what I found um, over time, and um, this is a, a good life principle, is that in Facebook groups or whatever, people are starting lots of threads all the time. And for some reason, there's a personality trait that people feel like they have to read every one of them. And so that led us to rule number four. Don't read any thread that you find offensive or otherwise challenges your sensibilities. <laughs> um, because... People are working out all sorts of stuff, and they're coming from all sorts of different positions, and they would post it. And I don't know, there's something about, and it's a time it's a time phase thing, where some people would feel that if there's something wrong on the internet, that they have to respond to it, which I can understand, which is fine. That's this, The whole point of this thing is dialogue, but there were people who would get upset by this. And I think this is a, a life principle for all of us in this sort of phase change anyway, because there's a lot of stuff that's going to offend you or that you're not going to like, and what are you going to do with it? Are you going to focus on it all the time, or are you going to move on to other things? And this was my way of saying, because because what started happening with the board and continues to happen with these groups is they erupt into meta discourse all the time. They're always talking about what they're talking about. And the problem is when you do it, I, I, I've never understood why people will respond to a thread because on Facebook, when you respond to a thread, it pops to the top. And there will be people who say, stop posting on this thread, bang, and it goes right to the top. And, and the thing to do is walk away. All right, that was rule number four. Um, I got a flurry of email, and I can't even remember I can't even remember what it was what it was all about. Something was going on in the, in the VIP lounge, and oftentimes I tried to do other things with my life, like go fishing or whatever. And I would come back, and my inbox would be full. And I came back, and my inbox was full. And I wrote rule number five, which is when in doubt, go do something else, um, because people really wanted to control the discourse. As this group grew, it started out at 120 people, and then it crossed 1,000. I think we got up to 1,500. And it was a very, very active group. Um, people were kind of obsessing about things. And I just wanted to tell people, Facebook is a toy, and it's which I actually don't say anymore because it's, it's not, and it can be very hurtful. But sometimes you just need to turn the computer off, and that was rule number five. Now... I've read rule number one several times about um, dicks and all that kind of stuff, which led to rule number six. Um, there was a big war at one point in the VIP lounge about our private parts, and we were, came up with rule number six. Genitals are fucking awesome. Don't say anything to disparage them. Be because um, 
this had to do is the, the, the war started in the Poland of the genital wars, which is the, um, well, I'm not even going to say the words, but, um, um, and then it, then it blew up all over genital Europe and soon all of the genital, um, the board was involved in this deciding which terms we could say and which ones we couldn't. And, um, yeah, um, genitals are awesome. Now let's go back to the word dick. <laughs> I'm glad we don't beep that word anymore because this whole podcast would be just one bleep from the beginning to the end. Um, some people say that the word dick is disparaging towards men. But there's a certain way that, that these things operate, right? And anybody who's even owned one knows what we're talking about, that they don't always behave themselves. And they're aggressive and sometimes they, they come out and say the wrong thing at the wrong time. So I think the word is still perfect, even though you can say it's disparaging towards men. Um, but we wanted to give that out there. Um, and then I added number seven as a kicker, which is no discussion of tattoos or boob jobs without um, accompanying photos. Um, <laughs> women complain, and, and it's true, because about this time... Uh, we we got infiltrated by the internet is is a great place if you're an exhibitionist um, because you can force yourself on the world. Um, I used to have a folder. I finally deleted it, um, and I threatened some of the men with it that the women who would get guys sending their cock shots to women would forward them on to me. And I used to have a big folder of them. Um, I, I've sent, since deleted them. But also, women would send me pictures of their boobs sometimes. Um, I don't. I don't exactly know why. Does it? Does anybody know what this is all about? Uh, have Have any of you on Facebook been sent a picture of random genitalia? No. I guess I'm the only. I'm the only lucky one here. Um, it, it does happen. So um, I would then tell the perpetrators. I would send them emails saying if they do it again anywhere around me, I'm going to go public with the with the shots, and that usually would stop them. Which you can see at this point what I'm dealing with. So I'm trying to run this podcast and do other things, and instead I'm trying to figure out if I can see whose face it is in this picture that I've just been forwarded, and I really don't want to do that. I really don't want to spend any time doing that at all. Now, I think it's a minority of people who will take advantage of these communities like that, but it's going to happen in any community, and it's not just people sending pictures of their of their silly bits. It's it's the fact that whenever you have a group of people together, be be it a bowling league, or be it a church picnic group, or the nudist beach, there's going to be people who have other agendas, right? Um, and and sometimes those agendas aren't bad. Like you know what they tell single people. Like the, you know, if you're a single person, you want to meet somebody. They say, go do things you like to do, and then you'll meet people there, which makes you a creep. Because if you go join like the bowling league to pick up on women, that's the definition of a creep, right? So, but but you have to meet people somewhere, and people who are looking for I don't know other people who want to go um, ice climbing or whatever will oftentimes recruit, 
And whenever you get a group of people together, there will be some people who have different values or who have different activities or whatever. That's part of being an adult, okay? And the communities themselves need to sort of understand that there's others, people who might be doing alternative things. But that doesn't give you license to send people pictures of your cock. That's what I'm saying. All right. Number eight um, was a constant problem we would have. Um, no personas or fake identities are allowed in the lounge. And then rock out with your cock out, jam out with your clam out, um, we said. And I, I discussed this in a podcast a few weeks ago that this is one of the things that I, I've changed my opinion on. And I, I've already contradicted myself in this recording tonight because I've said that I liked the original boards because they gave a level of anonymity. But that anonymity was... was um, moderated. So the moderators um, would control very strictly how people were behaving. And the moderators did have your email address and they could chase you down. The problem on Facebook is when you create a fake um, identity on Facebook, there's no good way for us to chase you down. And what we have found and continue to find, because moderators of these groups still talk amongst themselves, the people will still to this day create these fake identities and infiltrate these groups and cause trouble. And some people just like to do it. They just like to cause trouble. But we would find that that people are more um, likely to say things and do things in these communities when they when their when their identity is not known. Um, but the 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 rock out with your cock out thing was always about. Look, if people can show the way to live an authentic life and that they're happy or satisfied with whatever lifestyle, then that gives a um, an example. I was chastised, rightly so, by a friend a couple days ago who said that I, I kept talking about modeling. That they said, you keep saying you're modeling behavior as if you're some kind of savior for all of us. And I said, uh, that's a fair point. I'm not trying to model that everybody should live the way I live. I'm just trying to show that... Um, I, I have a decent, happy life, and I'm okay. And you can ch pick or choose. Not everybody should follow the way I live. And I see that with all sorts of different lifestyles that I've appreciated where people have come in and, and said, frankly, openly, you know, they, they've said, hey, um, you know, I'm bisexual, and I'm married to my husband, and I have a girlfriend, and we've been that way for seven years, and this is how it works for us. Now, does that mean everyone needs to follow that? No, but it, it shows that there are alternative lifestyles that people live, and we can interact with those like adults and say, I don't want to live my life that way, but I know Susan does, and Susan's all right. It seems to work for them. seems a little weird for me, but whatever. And then we can be exposed to these different things and understand the way the world works rather than the paradigm we learned in the church, which is everybody pretend they're like this, and if you're not, keep it quiet. Um, and then what that leads to is a lot of angst because we all know we're not living up to that standard because the standard is impossible. Then we feel like we're the only ones. And that's sort of what I was trying to get at um, unsuccessfully because that line between Susan coming on and in a healthy way saying this is the way I, I live and people whose lives are just in utter disarray is a very, is a very fine line. And, um, and on a group like Facebook, it's sometimes not very clear. So, number nine, and this, this has always been controversial. This is the number one or first controversy of Mormon expression. Number nine was the world is full of safe places for Mormons. The last thing we need is another one. You have been warned. And this goes to the communication that I've had over and over again. If you just toned it down a bit, then, then the, the Mormons can 
get this stuff, and then they can understand the church is not true. Bullshit. That's not the way it works. People don't get convinced that things aren't true. If you read books on psychology and rationality, say mostly what we do is we post hoc rationalize what, what we've already done and find reasons for that. And I think people have to have an emotional disconnection. They have to have an epiphany, and it's very individual and very personal, and you can't convince anybody the church is not true. And you're sure as hell not going to convince them not true by making them listen to my crap. Um, so, so the idea that you could hand off a podcast to them and suddenly they would be like, oh, how could I have been so wrong all these years, I, I think is um, kind of silly. Um, because I, I look back, and I, the stuff that I knew— and still believed, full on believed. I mean, I knew I knew evolutionary theory very well, um, and it's completely inconsistent with Mormonism. Absolutely inconsistent. But that didn't stop me from believing it. Um, and and the idea that suddenly you'll show somebody something like that, and they'll they'll flip around. I it it just doesn't work that way. Um, safe places. Um, I, I, I've mentioned this before, but that's something, um, we said early on in the podcast that Mormon expression was not safe. And I, I lost some of the participants of Mormon expression over that, that they said, no, that's not the message you want to deliver. And my response is, it's not that I'm calling it, we're not going to be safe. It's just the way it, it is. The world is not a safe place and ideas are not safe. And we're going to talk about all sorts of things here and there's no, there's no safety net. Number 10 is still my favorite rule, and I think it's one to live by. If, if you're going to pull anything from this list, of this list, if someone hasn't told you to fuck off explicitly, you can assume you are both still friends and no one is upset. <laughs> this, there's something about Facebook and texting and all this stuff, and, and I've learned that, to, much to my shame, I do not send a text without putting a smiley face on the end of it. If you ever get a text from me, you know, say, I'm picking up the kids at six, it will have a smiley face on the end of it because I have this fear that everything that I write comes across as, as just me like being an aggressive asshole. So the problem, if you look at threads on Facebook, you'll see this all the time. The two people are having this discussion and there's no name calling or anything. And then suddenly one of them will say, why are you being so mean? And then the, the then and and you're the third party. You're reading it. And you're like, there's nothing, there's nothing going on here. But the, it explodes into this emotional fury, because we communicate through sound and fury and eyebrow movements and breath and all this stuff that we evolved um, a million years ago to use to communicate, and it's all stripped clean in text. And and I would see over and over again that people would. Would um, say this, and I've learned not very well. I still make this mistake. I like to argue with people about things. That's the way I think. I I externally process things, and my close friends will tell you that we get in discussions all the time, and there's not anything to it. And I've learned that I would jump in on threads on my boards, and then I would say something, and the person would get hurt. But I was just trying to engage, um, and I would come across probably a lot worse than I would sound. And I know that's probably happened to all of you. You've, you've posted something or said something in text onto a friend, and they took it harder and then, than, than you meant it. And this is my saying to the world that um, if somebody hasn't specifically told you, I hate you, just assume they don't hate you. 
And um, because we all, and I, I include myself, because I'm a 15 year old girl in my heart of hearts. Um, I, we, we all sort of take it too hard. I'm going to jump in really fast. Yes, ma'am. Um, I witnessing that happening. I think another thing that happened on the boards was you were viewed as an authority figure. And so if there was a discussion going on, people would see it and then John would jump in and people were like, fuck John, he's not the <laughs> boss of me. And then they'd fight against you anyway. Yeah. And so it was like, they thought you were coming in to have the final say and the final word and people couldn't talk after that. I think that happened a little bit too. It did. And, and I should know better. I, I, I blame myself for this, but I, it was never intended that way. And you're absolutely right. And then sometimes the authority figures would come in just having this discussion and it would seem like we were saying shut down the discussion stop stop your talking the you know god has spoken but that's not the way we we took it and i think sometimes too is because they come from all of those other boards where those rules did happen where the where the moderators would come in and be like oh you're having a disagreement you have to stop we have to shut this down and so when you would chime in on a discussion then that's how people who came from all those other boards viewed it uh, absolutely and um yeah, you you were there, so you you, you witnessed um, that that absolutely happens. Um, still happens to this day. You know, I I come on this podcast and talk 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 talk, and like I was trying to say a few weeks ago, I don't necessarily believe I believe what I'm saying at the moment, <laughs> but it may not hold as much gravitas in my own mind <laughs> that um, a few days later. Um, and that's just sort of the way I am. Um, but I know I come across as somebody who is a, a, a know-it-all asshole and it's, it's a fair, it's a fair assertion. Um, but I'm, I don't feel that strong in, in my, my heart of hearts. Okay. Number 11 is one near and dear to me. Pointing out grammar or spelling mistakes on internet boards makes you a world-class douchebag. Don't do it. Um, <laughs> I don't know why people I have some I have really good friends who do this. I'm pretty smart. I'm I'm a little bit above average. I I um I'm left-handed and there's a high correlation of left-handedness and dyslexia. And when I when I um um look at my papers from first and second grade. I've never been diagnosed with dyslexia is what, I, what I'm trying to say. So I don't want to self-diagnose, but everything is backwards and ups and, and screwed up. And I cannot play words with friends because I can't, I can't do word scrambles. My mind just doesn't work that way. So I, if, if you, if you look at my posts, I oftentimes leave the end letter off of um, words or leave words out and I misspell words because I can't spell English. I spell English the way Chinese people write Chinese characters. It's just a bunch of random symbols to me. Um, so it kind of upsets me a little bit when people associate that with intelligence because I don't think it's highly associated with intelligence. All that aside, all my little personal feelings there aside, like this is an internet board, right? And people are typing things really fast and moving on. And to come on and say, two has two O's. When, when, <laughs> When and I was a linguistics major, so the spelling of English and the evolution of English is completely arbitrary, and it's learned by just rote memorization, and it has nothing to do with intelligence to know the difference between the spelling of there versus the spelling of there. And 
I don't. It just. This leads to our next rule. The Mormon Expression Podcast is a listener-supported production. Visit our website, mormonexpression.com, to tip John's swear jar, or become a subscriber and help keep the show running. Thank you very much. We can't do it without you. Don't nanny threads. Um, and people would ask me what I meant by nannying threads. Um, nannying threads. Now, now we're coming near the end of the rules. Now we're coming near the end of the VIP lounge. So at this time, we have a lot of people. And what's happening at this point is people are having – we're having nonstop discussions about the discussions. So it's not and, – and a lot of this, one of the driving things that was really eating up the boards then, and it will go to sleep for five or six months and it will come up, is feminism. Now, feminism, let's be clear, is a huge school of thought. And there's a lot of different things in feminist theory. Some of them are contradictory. Um, I was reading um, something the other day, and there was an individual on there saying, you're not following the principles of feminism, this person said. There are no fucking principles of feminism. There's, it's, 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 a, it's an enormous school of thought. And for example, I buy into some things very strongly. I feel very strongly about equal pay. For, 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 and I feel that the employers need to work hard to do that. I feel very strongly about, um, for example, child care. And I will, I will get upset at people if they say, if they even call it a women's issue. I don't like people saying that child care is a women's issue. This is a human issue. This is something we all have to deal with. We don't want to shuffle it out there. So those are two examples of things I feel really strongly about. However, some feminist thinkers, for example, um, delve into socialistic redistribution of wealth philosophy. I do not agree with that. So, but, but there gets to be this, this drive towards orthodoxy. And what started happening in the VIP lounge and happens over and over again is people start saying, you're not being a good feminist. You're not being a good ally. You're misrepresenting um, feminism. And the problem wasn't that whether or not that's a valid argument. The problem was we would have thread after thread after thread of people talking about if the first thread was a valid thread in the first place. And that's what I meant by nannying, is that they were trying to say which discussion is in order and out of order. Now, remember, we're talking about the Mormon Expression VIP Lounge. And I'm getting increasingly agitated by this state, because if there's anything that Mormon Expression stands for, is that we can talk about anything. And we will talk about anything. And increasingly, this Facebook group is taking more and more of my time, and it's more and more about what is okay to say and what is not okay to say. And that's not okay for, to say, according to me. So, um, um, 13. As we're coming up into June of 2013, the board is on fire. And... People are dropping that the, the, we're starting to get 30 or 40 ads and drops a day. People are coming into the board and there starts to get these sub boards set up. So, and some of them are still around. There's these other groups that are meant to, to rally troops and, and then get them in on discussion. So, so if somebody would start a thread, then they'd go to another group and then get their cohorts to come in on this thread and, let me tell you guys this. Like, the internet is full of spies. <laughs> and, and people would start these groups or go into another group to talk about this group over here. But people take screenshots of this stuff. And 
if you think you're operating secretly, you're probably not. Um, and but just just the whole tension of this war mentality starts driving and driving and driving. And a lot of people whose opinions and voices I thought were very moderate and and others looked up to started to saying, I'm out. This is too much. This is too much. At the time of the bannings, now let's be clear. I, I, I looked recently. Um, I will tell you a secret. I never actually shut down the VIP lounge. It's still there. Um, because it's a wealth of, it's a wealth of, of brilliant information. No one will ever get in because the, the last five people in were the moderators. And for last year, the VIP lounge turned into my personal dating. Um, um, uh, they became my relationship advice committee. So it's the VIP lounge is this big fight on feminism up to a point. Then it's about John's dating life for the next year. So. <laughs> I, I give you permission. If I die in an accident, you guys can open it up and read it. But short of that, um, you'll never see it. Um, so, so, but my point is a lot of people had been banned from the VIP lounge. We're talking 70, 80 people. And oftentimes they were fake personas. So, so what, what it was happening at the time is there was a lot of agitation going on, a lot of people's feelings getting hurt. And my moderation team of seven individuals was getting burned out. And people were staying up to the middle of the night. There was name calling. There was threads going back and forth. And people started calling. They hit the button. They started calling sexual harassment. And they started saying, the VIP lounge is responsible for sexual harassment. Um, which led to rule number 13. And I hate speech and sexual harassment will not be tolerated in the lounge. Then there, we went on a long thing. We set up um, an individual as an ombudsman. I stepped down from moderation because of, uh, Amber, you brought this up. I just said uh, people were, were, what would happen to me is, is because it had the name Mormon Expression, they would think that whatever was going on there, I was somehow responsible for. And in fact, I hardly read the board at all and when the bannings happened i was actually in brooklyn and i didn't have a computer um and and um we were we were looking at people who had been agitating in the board and i went in i got home off the plane i had an inbox full of this all this stuff i looked at these boards i could see people were talking i said fuck them and i banned 10 people um it was probably a mistake um, because at that point the board just went mad. It went ballistic, and um, they went. Now, um, at the time, I had just moved out. Um, my my ex-wife Zilpha and I had been separated for a year, but we had done an in-house separation. I was living on my own for the first time ever. Um, and and Lindsay and I in in our voices interview talked about some of the hard things going on in our life. Um, Lindsay had just lost her daycare, um, her preschool. Sorry, I'm sorry. She just lost her preschool, and and um, and so we were both going through a very difficult time in our own lives, and people just went after us with knives out. And the problem was Facebook does not have moderation tools. What I wanted to do is I wanted to lock the board. 
and 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 just have people stop because what they were doing is they were going and finding every thread and they were posting on every single thread to bubble them all up to the top to just drive the board into chaos and um and um so the moderating team met and they were all just burned out they'd just been fighting this thing nonstop. And what happened is is you had people who had certain things they believed in, and then there was this other group of people. And and some people think I burned down the lounge because I didn't like the feminist discussion. I really liked the feminist discussion. There was this other group of people that just liked the chaos, and they were just pumping the chaos up. So we wanted to lock the board. And Lindsay came out and posted something, and she said, everyone needs to just chill out and we need a 72-hour hiatus on discussions of, of, of feminism. And what happened is across all the boards, they went after Lindsay and said, Lindsay is pandering to this man, John Larson, and she's not a good feminist, and all she was trying to do is just get people to calm down. Facebook allows, allowed us to, to stop putting any more threads, but it didn't allow us to lock the threads. And at this point, we were burned out, and it wasn't conductive to the mission of Mormon expression um, because we'd gone completely off of what Mormon expression was. And what we wanted to do is we wanted to step out of moderation and just hand the board off. Facebook would not let us change the name. We contacted Facebook and said, you have too many people in the group, can't change the name. Um, so we were left with only one choice. We had to hand remove every single person from the group, which is what we did on a Saturday night. Um, because it, it became something that was out of control. It became something that became something else and not what we intended and not what, what we wanted. And it was taking up so much of our time. Now, why do I tell this story? I tell this story because some people don't, don't understand what, what happened and, and why. Um, and it's if you've ever been a moderator or something like this, sometimes things start happening very quickly. And... We, we we weren't getting paid for this, and and most of us, the moderators, just weren't really that interested in the discussion. We were just trying to keep the peace. And did we did we make some mistakes in here? Definitely. Um, it's just really hard in the moment, especially I like I said, I just got off of a plane from the East Coast to try to figure out what was going on. And what I was immediately trying to do is stop the problem. And the problem in my mind was these insults and this flamed rhetoric that was going back and forth. I look at this on our communities in general. And Salt Lake City has had problems in their in their ex-Mormon communities. Phoenix has had problems in their ex-Mormon communities. Boise has. Seattle has. And because what unites us is this thin thread in time. What unites us is our history. We were all associated with the Mormon church at some point. That thread gets weaker and weaker with each day that you move forward. And what, what that does to these communities is it makes them always on the surface of problems because people start exploring and going down different paths in life. That's fine. Life is an exploration. But the communities themselves are fighting for their own values and, and, and what should be and what shouldn't be. And so I, I tell this story, the tale of the burning of the VIP lounge, as a cautionary tale for all of us and as a challenge for me and for all of us to say, how do we build these communities and create um, a space 
where we can do what we need to do while honoring difference of opinion and still not letting that take over the community. That's the challenge. And I don't have an answer for you. I didn't have an answer there. I know that once we, what we did immediately is, is I contacted some friends. Um, we set up, um, a new moderation team that had nothing to do with me. I just asked them to do it. We posted in the VIP lounge right before we burned it down, said there is a new VIP lounge and we invited everybody to go over to it. And they did. They've set it up. There is now the Mormon VIP lounge. It's a great group that's got a great moderation team and I have absolutely nothing to do with it, which I love. Um, so, so. The community, in, in a sense, survived. Mormon expression survived. This was a blip of time um, that was a bad time for me. It was a bad time for Lindsay. Um, but but we, we move on. And the communities that are so important to me and so important to us you know, here in Phoenix and in Salt Lake City, in my mind, they have to survive. And we have to put our energy into them and figure out how to make them happen. Because it's so important that that moment when you feel so lost and abandoned after losing your faith, when you feel so alone, to realize that you're not alone, that there are a lot of people who feel the same thing. And I've talked to many people who've listened to the podcast, you know, in the dark, alone, and that helps them process. But there's this moment this when they come out and they realize that there's other people and these people are normal and they're just like they're themselves. This sense of relief, this sense of 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 love. And I've had friends who aren't from the post Mormon or ex Mormon community come out to these things and say, Why does everybody hug all the time? <laughs> and and because it's genuine. It's there's 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 a connection there. And the sad part of what happened in the VIP lounge is, is there are people who are still angry about some of these things who look at others as their enemies or, or whatever when we're, we're on the same team and we're working towards the same thing. And it broke my heart that, 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 it, that it went down the way it did. And it, it, it bothers me the role that I played in it. Um, but I, th- I think there's a chance for redemption, and um, that's I think that's what we're after. So we've re- we've announced recently that Mormon Expression um, um, acquired, or not Mormon Expression, Whitefields, the parent company of Mormon Expression, just like Whitefields um, controls Mormon Expression. Whitefields is now over post Mormon, and we want to build these communities and these networks. So so that's one of the reasons I bring up this tale is to is to say this can go wrong, but it can go right. And um, the other thing I would say to the people who still want to accuse me of sort of negative things, I'm just, I'm just, just a normal fucked up guy trying to make my way through the world. And um, I don't know all the answers and I'd try my best, but sometimes I get it wrong. Um, And this might be one of those times when I got it wrong. I don't know. I don't know how it should have turned out. Um, But, um, I don't know. Um, if 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 I banned you, uh, let me buy you a beer. I, I guess that's a, you know the only thing I can say. Um, I I was I I'll, I'll confess something. I was reaching out to. Um, I was at a Sunstone conference recently, and there was um, someone who was um, 
Um, she's, she's rather noted and practiced in the Mormon feminist world. And we were sitting there talking together and, um, and I said, well, why did you, why did you block me on Facebook? I said to her, she goes, I didn't block you on Facebook. And I said, oh, I'm, I'm pretty sure you did. She said, no, I didn't. I went back and sure enough, I blocked her. And so I unblocked her and I apologized. I don't even remember why I blocked her because I was being a dick probably. Um, so don't be a dick. The rule number one, and, and I still think that's the only rule we need. So that's the tell of the, the VIP lounge, um, and um, hopefully we can learn from it. So to everybody here in Phoenix, um, there's a swimming pool outside, and there's beer that needs to be drink, drunk, and I'm tired of talking. Thanks to everybody for coming tonight. And good night. The Mormon Expression Podcast is recorded live before a studio audience in Salt Lake City on Tuesday nights at 6.30. Come down and join the audience, take part in the podcast, and meet John and the panelists. The Mormon Expression Podcast is produced by the Whitefields Educational Foundation. Visit us online at whitefieldseducational.org to find out about our counseling services and other special events.